welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. Glad that you've taken time out of your day and you've chosen us to listen to. I hope that we're always encouraging to you and that we're giving glory to God. To find out more about us, you can go to biblicalquestion.com and there you can find our statement of faith and how to contact us with any questions you might have. Today we're going to talk about being a disciple of prayer. A disciple of prayer. You know, prayer launches us into a frontier of our spiritual life. Of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it leads us to an everlasting communication with God. Real prayer life is creating and is life-changing. To pray is to change. Prayer is one avenue that God uses to transform us. Prayer is telling God that we depend on Him and that we need Him and that we trust Him and we want the very best that He can offer to us. If we are unwilling to change, uh, we will abandon our prayer lives. The closer we become to the heartbeat of God, the more we will see our need and our more desire to be comforted and conformed to Christ. As a church across the globe, I I wonder sometimes, are we disciplined in prayer? But this next question really is about our own personal lives or as a family in our homes. Can we really have a, a blessed life, a blessed home, without a real prayer life? Can we really have a good spiritual walk with Christ without prayer? For me, it would be very rough sailing without prayer. Prayer has to be one of the most important things in our spiritual life. And it's a place where all of us probably could improve and and focus more on prayer. We, We get so tied up in daily activities between work and school or family and friends and trying to keep the yard up and traveling and visiting whatever it is we we get busy and we get tied down to other things see if a a good prayer life is lacking other things more than likely is lacking as well in your relationship in your spiritual walk with God A good prayer life does not happen overnight. However, you must start somewhere. And it takes an effort on our part to to have a good and meaningful prayer life. What are some of the reasons that we pray? Well, most of us, right off the cuff, we might say, Well, uh, we pray to give thanks or to give praise to God. And I would say yes. To, To ask... For God, for his blessings, might be another answer. And I would agree with that. There could be other reasons that are just as important as these answers that we just gave or ideas that we just talked about. Other reasons that is a very good prayer line might be to keep us from sinning or to keep us from falling. Read with me in Luke chapter 22, verse 46. 
and then I'm going to head to Revelation chapter 3, if you have your Bible and following along. Luke chapter 22, verse 46 says, And he said to them, this is Jesus talking, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray, that you may not enter into temptation. Well, this would be the scene in the garden, the night that Jesus is going to be uh, turned over and be arrested, and the next day he will be crucified. Anyone reading the text or has any knowledge of this part of scripture or this gospel account, we all know that they fell into temptation that night. Peter would deny he even knew Jesus. Judas has long fallen away. The others will run in fear of their lives. Sleeping here could be the temptation. With the events that Christ has told them about, and they know what's happening or coming, I should say probably, and what's going to be unfolding at any moment. The prayer for guidance and the strength should never leave our lips. The question, why are you sleeping? is a question that Christ, could he ask you and me that very thing? Is this a question that that Christ could ask his church or congregations in various parts of the world. What is the danger in sleeping? After all, we, we all get tired, just like the apostles. The sun goes down, we've had a hard day of work, and they clearly are physically tired. The same that we do, we get tired, and we want to go to bed, we want to sleep. But what about spiritually? <clears throat> are they sleeping? And my response would be yes. And, and I base it off the statement that Jesus makes. Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Temptation is a, a spiritual circumstance that, that all of us need to avoid in our spiritual lives at all costs. We need to figure out how to, to go around those sins. And if we know certain places that uh, cause us to sin or stumble... Perhaps we shouldn't go there at all. The biggest way to avoid temptation that I have found is through prayer. And if you're you're going to pray, then do so and talk to God in a way that has comforting. Let Him know what's on your heart and ask Him for, for guidance through this temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says that you're not going to be tempted beyond what you're able to handle. Sometimes I think we misuse that verse, but at the same time, that's what Paul does say. You see, if we're going to ask God who has the power to do everything and anything to help you overcome temptation, he can certainly help you in your battle and your temptation with prayer to God. Well, the question is, can can the church fall asleep? And, and then we find this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, To the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain which are about to die. For I have not found 
your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So can a congregation fall asleep? Well, according to verse 2 here, Jesus says yes. Because this is what he's telling them uh, to wake up. He goes on to talk about you have a name that you're alive, but you're really dead. My guess is here in this congregation, there's, there's plenty of outwardly activity. The community probably sees them doing a lot of, a lot of busy bee work. But inside, there's, there's no spirituality. An outsider might again think, well, that's an ideal church. Look how busy they are. Look at all the cars parked there. Well, they have to be have something going on that's just right and God's blessing it. Well, but God is saying here, be careful. There's no life. There's no real life in a church that is spiritually dead. Someone once said that there were a few things better organized than graveyards, but there's little life there. And perhaps this is what this church again is all about. Everyone thought they were alive, but the one with the perfect knowledge said this. They were dead. That they needed to wake up. So can a church fall asleep? Yes. And Satan, I don't believe he ever sleeps. And he's going to tempt us as long as we don't wake up and don't pray. He knows the longer we are tempted and the less we pray, the closer we will come into a sinful life. Also, we need point two is learning to pray. Real prayer is something that we learn. The disciples would ask Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray in Luke chapter 11. And I'm sure they, they had prayer lives and they prayed all their lives in the synagogues, but yet there was something about the, the quality and the quantity of Jesus' praying that caused them to see how little they really knew about prayer. You know, I recall as a young Christian once I, I came to the thought that learning prayer was a process. It freed me up to question, to experiment, even to fail, for I knew that I was learning. Someone has told me more than once that, you know, they, they really want to learn how to pray. I, I would encourage you to, to study the Psalms. You talk about beautiful prayers from King David there, absolutely beautiful. By reading all of Jesus' prayers in one sitting, it might really surprise you what he prayed about. The excuse for unanswered prayers is where I was taught wrong. You know, using Jesus' words and learning to pray so that my experience could be conformed to his words and not try to make his words conform to my prayers. The most astonished, uh, characteristic of, of prayers of Jesus is that he never concluded by saying, if it will be thy will. Nor did the prophets, the apostles, they didn't do this when they were praying for others. When they were praying for others, the prayer is pretty pretty evident. There, there is no room for this half hope or uh, indecisiveness on God's part or if it's really your will. 
They prayed as if their prayer was already answered the moment it was spoken. That person was already healed. There is, of course, a, a proper time to pray, if it is thy will. And here's the example, again, while Jesus is in the garden in Luke chapter 22, where we started off here, verse 42 says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus here is not really praying for others. He's praying for himself. When we pray for ourselves, we should also want thy will be done. We want God's will to be in our lives. And a prayer for guidance, it, it should be the yearning to know the will of God. To understand the work of prayer involves a learning process. It saves us from easily dismissing our prayer life as unreal or not needed. If the television doesn't work when we turn it on, what do we do? Do we give up? Most of us probably will really don't. We will go and see if it unplugged for some reason. Maybe we'll check the cable connection or the antenna in the back of the TV. We might even turn the channels to see if it was only one station. We do that so we can see what is wrong with the problem. And then we'll do whatever it takes to fix the television. Most people do. It is no different than with our prayer life. Sometimes I, I think we're afraid we don't have enough faith to pray for the a child's illness or something else that is tempting us and giving us problems. You know, really, our fears need to be put to rest because the Bible tells us that great things are possible through prayer. Great things through faith. That size of a mustard seed can produce great things. James chapter 5, starting in verse 15 and 16, says, In the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up as if he has committed sin, but they will be forgiven in him. And therefore, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. You know, I read a study years ago. A congregation put out a questionnaire to its members. And they didn't have to put their name on it. One of the questions on there was, Why don't you confess your sin to one another? Why don't you come forward at the invitation song or the altar call, whatever it's called in your part of the world. And one of the responses was, well, we didn't want to become the sinner or the old ladies gossiping on Monday morning. We didn't want people talking behind our backs. How sad. We should grow up and be better Christians than that if that's really going on and if that's really true. But why don't we pray for people but as a person whom we love and not just a thing or an object. And we need to help each other and encourage each other. I know there was a congregation 
that I visited one time in, in West Branson, Missouri years ago. I won't give the name of it, but as soon as I walked in the door, they knew I was a visitor, and people swarmed around me, extending their hand out, offering a handshake, asking me, do I need a prayer? Do I, do I need help? And thank you for coming and being part of our assembly here this morning. So many churches miss this, and I've never forgotten that group of people as I was traveling through and what they they did to encourage a visitor that was only there once in their life. The next point is, is there really a right way to pray? It's a good question. And James here, <clears throat> again back in chapter 4 verse 3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. To ask rightly involves this transformation uh, process, a, a passion to serve God and do His will. All who, who walk with God should view their prayer life as the main part of the business of their life. Listen to King David here. I referred to the Psalms of earlier about if you really want to learn what prayer sounds and looks like. This is a great book to study as well. Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. King James Version says, Early will I seek thee. Many of us can get discouraged. Sometimes it's, we are easily discouraged. Life throws us a lot of uh, curveballs that we might say. Uh, it is really difficult when others always seem like they're out to get you. When nothing goes right. But when it comes to a healthy prayer life. Whether it is lacking the knowledge of how to pray or thinking that I do not have faith as others do. Rather than feeling like uh, I'm failing, look at others. Man, they've got it so much better than me in church. We should always keep this in mind. That God will meet all of us on whatever level we might be. As we slowly move along, God will move us deeper and deeper to a deeper understanding and a deeper prayer life. No one who, who plays any kind of professional sport does so in a casual way. They just don't show up in, in the professional arena. They had to do a lot of work to get to that point. A lot of practice sessions. A lot of tears and pains and hard workouts. Having the right mindset. As Christians, we, we start off as babes, really. And we should progress, and we really should want to grow into being strong, healthy Christians. Being mature. As babies, we have to learn how to do things. And one of those things is, is learning to pray. The final thought here is foot heels of prayer. We should never really make prayer too complicated. 
you know, we're prone to to do so once we understand that prayer is something that we must learn. I I recall working with some deaf folks in Texas years ago and trying to interpret their prayers. They were very short to the point, but you could tell they were heartfelt and that's what it's about. Having that heart, that desire to want to learn and grow to be closer to God. You know, it's easy to to yield to temptation, but with prayer, it gets easier and easier not to yield to that temptation. You know, Jesus, he taught us to be like children. Openness, honesty, and trust are marks of, of good communication of the children with their father on earth in the family home as well as our Heavenly Father. You know, Jesus, He taught us to pray for our daily bread. Have you ever noticed that children, do they have to ask a parent for food? When a child asks for food, is there confidence that a parent, mom, is, is going to provide something to eat if she has it? For all they know, there's an endless supply a food coming out of that cupboard or that cabinet. Children, they don't find it complicated to talk to their parent, nor do they feel embarrassed to bring up the simplest needs they might have. In the very same way, we should be able to go in prayer to God and not hesitate in our request. Our worship services, they need to be bathed in prayer. You know, Paul he would ask the churches to pray for him in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25. He says, Brothers, pray for us. And we need to be praying for one another. And we need to be encouraging one another. We must never wait until we feel like praying for others. Well, I guess I'll just do it now. You know, I've happened to wonder how we have to wait to be asked to pray for a certain person. If you and I, we know that there are people around us who are, who are hurting spiritually, we should already be praying before ever being asked. It should just come naturally. Sometimes just walking up to that person and, and telling them, Hey, you know, I'm praying for you. This can do so many things for a person who's hurting. would encourage me if somebody was praying for me and they made that known. The Apostle Paul tells the church to, to pray continuously in in first Thessalonians chapter five verse seventeen. There there is a translation out there that just says, Keep on praying and that's exactly what we should be doing. We should not worry that praying without ceasing is going to take up so much of our time that we won't have any any time left to do the chores or go to school or go work the farm, whatever it is, go plant your crops. We need to have the mindset that we need to keep on praying. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul tells us this. That's what we need to do is devote ourselves to prayer. And as a church, as congregations around the world, we, we need to commit to prayer and see the great importance of a prayer so many congregations I've been around now, they, 
they have one or two songs and in uh, a prayer one or two songs and a prayer why don't we just have prayer time keeping alert so that we do not fall asleep and then we will not fall into temptation we must not fool ourselves into thinking that we are alive but yet we're dead so today are you and I are we really being disciples of prayer do we have discipline in our prayer life where is your prayer life do we even have one if you do is it really lacking or is it simply that you fall asleep in your prayer life we do take prayer requests here through our contact page and if you need prayers we will certainly pray for you we need all to be praying we hope that you're praying for this podcast that we can continue to, to be able to put it on the air and that it is edifying to all who listen and gives glory to God prayer is, has to be again I've stressed it over and over in several podcasts now so important so important I know somebody asked me one time well do you expect me to pray while I'm driving I said sure why not just don't close your eyes we need to pray and not worry about if we're offending somebody we don't need to be showing off but have prayer in public with with your family before a meal I think that's great let your neighbors know that you're going to church for a prayer meeting. Invite them along. Well, this will conclude today's podcast, Disciples of Prayer. And I, again, I'm encouraged by all the messages that we have, the positives, so many of them. We're thankful and we give God thanks for that, that you are listening and taking time out of your day to be part of us. May you, God bless you and may God have the glory.